Dateline, September 5th, 2009. Oh, gee, that sounds so much better than the intro last week we had. How are you, folks? It's Steve Fisher here, sitting here on a lovely Sunday morning here, and it's actually Father's Day, and I'm here with Grant. Happy Father's Day to you, mate. And happy Father's Day to you too, mate. I sort of did my Father's Day celebration yesterday when I went and hung out at the air show and got to interview some people and uh, play around with some really cool, sexy planes. You're only just saying that to rub that in because, as you well know, I was at work. Oh, were you? Oh, I'm sorry. Ouch. I'm mortally wounded. Ta-da. <laughs> this is the Australia Desk, folks, for episode 64 of the Airplane Geeks podcast, and we've got uh, three quick stories this week. And, oh. uh, Grant, let's just throw to our first one here. We're talking about our friends at Qantas, the flag carrier of the nation. Oh, yes, our favourite flying rat, the one that we love to look at and salute when it flies wonderfully over us. Yes, except for this particular 747-400, perhaps. Yeah, uh, this, one's, this particular 747-400 is getting a similar reputation to the one known as the golf buggy. That was the one that uh, went off the end of the runway at uh, Bangkok and to a golf course and is now known as a golf buggy. So uh, this happened earlier during the week. A Qantas flight coming from Singapore and on its way to Sydney, actually, was forced to make an emergency landing at Perth over in Western Australia after fuel started leaking from an engine. Uh, Qantas Flight 32, it's a 747-400, was carrying 290 passengers and landed at 3.20pm uh, local time. The leak was found in the number 4 engine and was shut down by the captain as a precaution. Now, Grant, um, as you were just saying, this plane's got a bit of an interesting history. Maybe you can uh, elaborate on that. Yeah, mate, the uh, the first aircraft I was talking about, known as the Golf Buggy, is, uh, of course, Victor Hotel Oscar Juliet Hotel. That was the one that overran the runway at Bangkok and wound up on the uh, Thai Air Force golf course that's between the runways at uh, Don Muang in Bangkok. Wonderful uh, golf course. I've uh, played that one a couple of times, and I tell you what, I have the worst game of golf ever there because I'm so busy looking at planes. <laughs> but no, this aircraft was uh, Oscar Juliet Kilo, and Oscar Juliet Kilo was the uh, famous QF-30 flight that was uh, flying from London Heathrow to Melbourne via Hong Kong, and on the way out of Hong Kong towards uh, Melbourne, it had a oxygen cylinder rupture and blow out a big chunk of the fuselage just in front of the leading edge of the wing. Uh, they made an emergency descent and then went and landed in the Philippines. It caused quite a stir. So this particular aircraft, Oscar Juliet Kilo, has now been involved in the fuel leak in the number four engine. It says here in this article we're reading, Grant, which is in the Australian, and actually just for a change, not by Steve Creedy, uh, the aircraft is uh, 18 years old and is actually due for retirement uh, this coming November. Pretty obviously the Qantas spokesman said there was, and I quote, absolutely no link between the two incidents, which, yeah, I guess there wasn't. However, I uh, would certainly have you thinking twice about getting on that aircraft, uh, particularly if you're crew. I mean, uh, you know, if you're, if you're prone to be superstitious, I guess. Yeah, well, uh, there is a certain friend of mine who will give me a yell and he'll be like, hey, well, actually, there's two of them now who do it. They'll SMS me before they jump on a plane and say, tell me about this aircraft. Here's its rego, because they'll, they'll be doing all they can to get the rego off the tail. <laughs> the other interesting thing is it says here, following its previous incident, it cost $10 million to return the plane to service. The Qantas board don't want to be the board that lost their first jet. Uh, Qantas have the enviable reputation of having never lost a jet airliner. When um, Oscar Juliet Hotel went off the end of the runway at um, Bangkok, um, a lot of people were saying it should have been written off. Large chunks of it were broken. They modified it, corrected it, repaired it, etc. at Bangkok and flew it with just tech crew on board. Uh, no, no cabin crew, no passengers. And apparently on its first flight out of Bangkok, uh, partway out, the uh, emergency board lit up like a Christmas tree and they, they turned around, landed, did some more work on it and flew it back to Australia and, and got it majorly repaired. But yeah, they uh, they patched this one up in the Philippines, flew it back to Australia to do some major repairs on it. And again, better to repair than to be the uh, the ones who lose an aircraft. I believe Emirates are probably thinking the same thing about their uh, A340. 
Well, they probably are, Grant, and in a lovely segue, speaking of things that we're losing, or potentially losing, it looks like the Royal Australian Air Force's purchase of, uh, or upcoming purchase, of 100 F-35 Joint Strike Fighters uh, may be postponed, or the order may in fact be slashed. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, due to the dreaded uh, global financial crisis, uh, Australia's finding that they've got a funding gap of up to $15 billion in the defence budget, and uh, all snowballing leading to the fact that they may only order 75 F-35s. Now, of course, if they do this, the unit rate goes up and so on. There's a lot of people suggesting that they should delay the F-35 anyhow to take advantage of later build aircraft. Uh, this is why the US are working pretty hard with multiple company countries rather to try and off- offer a uh, discount price to anyone who buys early. Yeah, the original order called for 16 billion Australian dollars to be sent per- to be spent rather uh, purchasing 100 aircraft, which would uh, make four squadrons. Uh, the idea with that would be to replace the existing FA-18 Hornet fleet and uh, of course the F-111s although they're going at the end of this year and uh, the first aircraft are due to arrive from 2014 now what they're saying here is they're going to slash that down which would effectively mean instead of four squadrons we'd end up with only three We've got the uh, Super Hornets now uh, we're bringing them online, they're acting as a bridging gap, um, you've got F-111 crews going to them of course because they've got the Wizzo in the back, um, you've got the standard F-18 guys going there and so like we did with when we bought the F-111s, we leased a bunch of F-4 Phantoms to keep everyone current and have a uh, defence force until the F-111s came online. Well, looks like the F-18 Super Hornets are going to be uh, bridging that gap. And there's even talk that, especially now that they're scaling back the F-35 order, there's uh, talk that they may wind up with a two-aircraft fleet and maintain the uh, Super Hornets alongside the F-35s for a while. It's uh, reminiscent, isn't it, mate? Because we're still operating the F-111s. I think if uh, several governments had, uh, had ideal conditions, the F-111s would have been gone long ago. They don't operate them anywhere else on, in the world these days. Uh, the other interesting thing here is that the uh, government is saying they may also have to cut back uh, their expansion plans for the Navy, uh, including buying uh, some extra submarines. So, yeah, it looks like uh, things are a little bit tight. And our last story this week is dealing with our good friends at Tiger Airways. Uh, Yay, good old Tiger Airways. And uh, this article appeared on the news.com.au site and it says Australians reveal their... Are you sitting down, folks? Their worst airline. Dun, dun, dun. The plane crazy down under pocket. Oh, hang on. No, it doesn't say that. It says Australians have voted Tiger Airways their least favourite airline in New South Yes, that that was all the people who have been agreeing with us on the podcast. I tell you, the emails that we're getting all the time from disgruntled Australians, I don't know. (laughs) From all our three or four listeners. Yeah, they're sending every day. Thanks very much, Mum. Anyway, (laughs) it also says here that Jetstar was rated the second lowest with a 60% satisfaction rate and Virgin Blue was the most satisfactory at 68%, which, you know, mate, that's not a light flash either, I would have thought. No, well, it's uh, they indicate that travellers like the friendly crew that they find on Virgin Blue, but did find uh, some people apparently did find their quirky onboard banter irritating here's the ironic thing if you look a bit further down the article here it uh, also uh, has some international airline results and Singapore Airlines was rated number one for overall satisfaction with 78% Singapore Airlines of course as we've well documented here owns Tiger Airways they're maintaining the distinction that they are about quality service and people who fly on them are willing to pay the extra to get the service and as our dear friend Rob Mark said in his latest jet wine column he gets what you pay for and uh, mate, I've totally got to agree with that. Anyone who who shops around and pays the least amount of money possible to get a budget discount carrier and then bitches and moans about service, like we do, <laughs> you know, it's uh, I'm waking up to the realization that you get what you pay for. And yes, yes, we'll, yes. But Grant, we don't want to emphasize that point too loud around Rob Mark. Remember, <clears throat> there's a lot oh, of yes, money. sorry, dole, dole, dole. Sorry, Rob. 
Okay, let's, let's just wind it up there, folks. Uh, that's everything we have for you this week on the Australia Desk. And if you're wondering, our American friends, why is it Father's Day here in Australia when it's not in the US? Well, that's pretty obviously, mate, because we measure time here metrically. Yes, we're on the decimal date system. And according to the decimal date system, if you translate the imperial system back into the decimals, we're back in May. Told get on, you we were ahead of everyone. Get on board, mate. Metrics, it's a winner. <laughs> and now that we've upset everybody, I think we'd better sign off. Until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran. And we're getting out of here. Cheers, folks. Bye.